visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Comics podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by three very special guests. We have Christopher Alvarez, Hannah Moore, and David Andre, also known as the Ghost Thunder Collective. Yeah? Yes. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, Good. thank you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, why don't we go around the table here and have each of you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah, you want to start, Christopher? Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, Christopher Alvarez. I'm an illustrator. Um, currently working on a story in our uh, Ghost Thunder Presents called uh, Recast. It's kind of a sci-fi slice of life story. Um, but I'm also really big into uh, wrestling. Uh, and so I've, I've created a number of uh, wrestling prints and wrestling illustrations over the uh, past couple of years. Cool. Um, I'm Hannah Moore, and I'm also working on a story that is in our anthology called Bread Town, um, and it is about animals that are made of bread, going on some bread adventures. Um, and I guess generally I work in things that I guess would be considered more cute. Very cute. Um, um, and so I've got a couple different things, um, bags, and um, I'll do prints. I kind of go all over the place with what I do. Awesome. And I'm uh, David Andre. I'm a writer. And so I write all the stories that are in the Ghost Thunder uh, Presents um, uh, anthology. Plus I have uh, three issues of a relationship drama that I've done. It's a kind of an ongoing slice of life series. Um, that follows the relationship every kind of five years. So it starts at the mm -hmm. beginning of the relationship and then checks in every five years. So I got three issues of that done. Um, I've written short stories and novellas and just kind of write whatever I want to write. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so I'm curious about where did this all come from? Did you guys do any sort of formal training um, and just the roots of, of your creativity here I'd love to hear about that um, well I don't I I started writing when I was a kid so mm -hmm. I mean I was always doing either comic strips or comic books I think my first comic book was when I was in sixth grade uh, it was a blatant Ninja Turtles ripoff called uh -huh. assorted animal assassins and uh, Basically, best title ever. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for that book. <laughs> uh, just basically uh, copied the little toys, Battle Beasts, that had the little holographic. Uh, I guess it wasn't holographic. They were like they changed. You could see the the sticker when you put your body heat on them. That's a very okay, yeah. very old toy because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that was like my first comic, and then just kind of kept doing stuff on my own, like just writing stories and um, I, I was an English minor in, in college and just kind of wrote a lot and ran role-playing games and was always looking for an outlet uh, for creativity um, and just recently got more focused on 
uh, comics as I kind of met comic other comic creators. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Christopher do some volunteering for Skybound, the company that does The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. And so when you're like kind of behind the scenes at a convention, you meet people who make comics and you're like, hey, these these people are just normal people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and pretty much every comic creator will tell you if you want to make comics, you start by making comics. Yeah. And so you just kind of do it and you find people that are trying to do it too and, and team up and that's basically what, what we did. Yeah, we okay. met uh, through um, Big Brother Comics. I worked there and managed there. It's a store in Sacramento. Um, and I've put in over a dozen years, maybe probably over a dozen years at uh, comic shops. So that's just always a thing that, that I've loved. Uh, like David, I started when I was really young. Sixth grade started busting out with the little sketchbooks um, and kind of continued ever since. Um, first real job out of high school was working at a comic shop, Comics and Comics, which is no longer around. Oh, in Berkeley, right? Uh, yeah, they were all over. There was one oh, okay. in Berkeley. Um, I worked at a Folsom location. And oh, okay. I didn't know that. Citrus Heights location and a Sacramento location. and But, uh, yeah, they, they, it was a good Northern California business. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, ran into the ground. But um, <laughs> so it was my first real thing. And, I, you know, I when I was working there, I wanted to read every single book that came out every week. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and it kind of fueled my, my art as well. Uh, and in between comic shops, I had a couple of real jobs. Uh, but I spent uh, close to a decade at Big Brother Comics and the same thing. I would try and read as much as I could and uh, draw as, as much as I could. And that's where mm-hmm. I met David. He was a customer there. And we had some common ground and we got yeah. to talk. Chris and- was already doing like anthologies and self-published comics and zines and stuff. And I was like, I need to... I need to know more people who are actually doing this, you know. And when you're kind of trying to get started, you want to f- be around people who are at kind of the same level uh, mm-hmm. as you. And, you know, so you're, you're all kind of hustling the same way. Um, it just helps to have people who are trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do. Right, right. Cool. How about you, Hannah? Oh, um, so... I also met everybody through Big Brother Comics. <laughs> ah, <laughs> uh, funny enough, Chris was running an art night there. It was like, what was it, Monday night? Monday night, uh, night art, art night night. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I had a friend that invited me to that. Um, and so that's how I met Chris and we, or Christopher. Um, and he was putting together an anthology. So I had a little one pager in that. And um, we started dating. It's true. And, and that's still going. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, you know, and so through Chris, I actually met David. Um, and a couple of years ago, we pulled this all together. Yeah, great. Um, and I guess I'm the only one that has, like, the formal <laughs> art <right>. education. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in art studio. Um, okay. So for myself... Um, I did a lot of that traditional kind of stuff with the painting. I did a lot of printmaking, some sculpture. So I kind of, and I think that's very much who I am. It's just I kind of dabble in a lot of different things, and I've always, always done that. Great. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting to me. Just sort of the different entryways mm-hmm. into the industry. I've spoken to a few other creators, and 
Yeah, it's kind of all across the board. Like, kind of like uh, what you're describing, Hannah. We just, I spoke to someone who has a pretty formal uh, art background. Um, I've spoken to some comics people who specifically studied comics. There's, there's like um, master's programs for comics now, which is pretty amazing. Um, and then, you know, there's also people who are like completely self, self-taught like you guys. And um, I think it's great. I think there's just, there's not one singular path, right? So, um, well, there's not, you know. I mean, no, no company has a, like a lot of, no other publishing companies, they don't staff staffers. They don't have like a staff. You can't go to Marvel and fill out an application. You know, mm-hmm. typically they just look at people who are already making comics and then offer them work uh, yeah. or they can pitch towards them. So typically the the pathway is you create your own stuff, you do a little uh, indie work for a, one of the smaller companies and then one of the big companies hires you and then you go and do your own more exclusive indie work for mm-hmm. one of the bigger companies like Image. Right. Um, so it's kind of like there's a there's a pathway a little bit but there's you can't fill out a resume to go work for like Marvel or DC. So right. you kind of have to prove you can do it before they'll hire you to do it. Yeah, that's true. I had always wanted to go to uh, the Joe Kubert school, school, though. Yeah. Over in uh, New Jersey. Yeah. It was like my dream. Because <laughs> you saw the advertisement at the back of every back, comic. I know. And I saw that, I don't know how many times, every Wednesday. Uh, yeah, that, that had a strong allure for me, definitely. But it just, it wasn't. It wasn't in the cards. I mean, I'm just getting over to New Jersey and uprooting and the cost of the college and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just being surrounding myself with uh, other creatives has always kind of fueled me. And, and, and especially, I mean, when you're talking to other, like, even some of the bigger name comic creators, a lot of them have second jobs. You know, Jim Zub is writing like four Marvel books right now, and he's also a full-time professor um, at an animation college in Canada. I mean, and uh, there's a couple of uh, writers who are practicing lawyers, and you know, it's a lot of times it has to be kind of your side hustle for a really long mm, time before yeah. it even pays for itself. Yeah, it seems like creating comics isn't exactly something you want to do. For like a, a money making venture, no. you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 like a lot of other arts, you know. Yeah. I mean, you do it for the love, you you know. There's who knows how many millions of garage bands are out there. Yeah, I'm in one myself, and that's just, I mean, that's just you play because you enjoy playing and you and you love it, and uh, that, that that's the same with comics. Yeah, yeah, there's really nothing that makes me happier than sitting down and writing, you know, and and I don't get that satisfaction from from anything. From anything right. else, um, and awesome. I have a very rewarding regular job and good relationships, good friendships, and I just love to sit at the computer and write. <laughs> awesome, yeah, yeah. I think comics in particular, like even the creators who have reached, you know, the highest level of achievements, like someone like Jack Kirby, you would think, oh, this guy, he had to have been set for life, but he had all kinds of financial yeah. issues in his career, you know being um, uh, like just due to the way you know the big publishers work you know you, the, the creators don't own their creations right so um, all these movies are making like zillions of dollars 
the actual creators aren't necessarily making tons of money off of these creations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's true. I mean, that's that's why there's a big allure uh, to Image Comics, yeah, uh, yeah. and other and that that was the genesis of Image Comics. You know, it was yeah. the biggest. The they were that was a time when comics were huge and comics could actually you could actually make money yeah. in comics that's what we should have yeah <laughs> should have been born like 20 years earlier well the thing is I, mean, I was 16 yeah. 17 somewhere around there people were getting hired at 16 and yeah. 17 mm. it was ridiculous it was ridiculous yeah. you could just chicken scratch we went to a, I went to a convention met uh, Mark Silvestri and my friend handed him his portfolio and people got hired at those things yeah. and made a ton of money I know and uh, and that's that was the genesis of images. They were making, you know, Tom McFarlane was driving Spider-Man, and Spider-Man was selling a million copies a month, and he was getting, you know, a base pay rate or whatever. And so they started Image, and they started making a ton of money and then killed the industry. <laughs> that's true. That's where we I, live I now. think there's a resurgence now in the industry, and I think, uh, you know, movies obviously do help a bit. There's, there's never, in all the times that I was working at a shop, though, if... An Avengers movie came out. We never sold more copies of no. uh, the Avengers. It doesn't doesn't really work that way, but it does help to kind of broaden the mainstream appeal of comics and get you know more kids into yeah. comic shops. Certainly, which is where I think all of us probably started. As as far as like creativity right now, it's definitely a golden age. I mean, yeah. you can get there's so many excellent comics out there right now from so many different companies, and a lot of this stuff is getting optioned for. TV and movies, um, just because people want, it's easier to sell something if you have something in your hand that looks like the thing you're going to make. You know, if you hand someone a comic and say, we're wanting to make a TV show out of this, that's a lot easier than trying just to pitch a, a concept. So a lot of companies now and creators now are like making comics specifically to turn them into TV shows and or yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, another thing I'm curious about is you know, we talked about different entryways into the industry, but also like the creators who have really had great success, their paths have kind of been all across the board too. You know, like um, I'm curious, like is are there certain creators who you guys are like, I want to have this person's career path? Um, like just for example, like. I brought up Jack Kirby, and he's just kind of acknowledged as being one of the greatest, if not the greatest comic creator ever, right? But he he had like all these struggles with Marvel, um, and then as opposed to that, someone like Robert Kirkman, we talked about Walking Dead. I mean, the, the one exception about you know about money making, this guy, <laughs> this guy fucking hit the jackpot, right? Um, so like his career would be nice in terms of money. And then there's someone like Alan Moore, who's just like completely anti-establishment. Um, someone like Frank Miller, who's just, he's like a total legend. He's kind of embraced his fame. Um, yeah, are there any particular creators who you guys are like, that's what I want. I want to be like that guy. I feel I've always been drawn more to independent publications rather than the mainstream, mm -hmm. although I've read a ton. And currently, my my read list is is a solid mix of both. But I've always uh, looked up to the creator, someone like uh, Peter Bag or Terry Moore. You know, both with Hate and Strangers in Paradise, where you can do uh, Cerebus even. Although Dave Sim has definitely got a 
some issues. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you create 100 or 200 or 300 of your own creator-owned property, and you've, you've created your own pathway, and these are your characters, your creation, your legacy. That is just something that has had a huge appeal to me. Rather than, I mean, I would love to draw X-Men, for example. <laughs> you know, I think that would be a, a top gig, too. But to have your own character and to have people recognize you for those creations is just, it, that's fantastic to me. Um, Great. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> I'd say, I think for me, um, I think basically from the point that I had internet it was a lot of web comics that I would read and kind of going in and out of a lot of different ones. But um, John Allison is probably a guy that um, just like what he's done um, over the years has been career, like just great. Like he started with this comic called Bobbins. It moved into Scary Go Round and now he's got Bad Machinery. And it's like a whole shared universe, but it's these distinct stories. And now Bad, um, I think, what is it? It's not Bad Machinery. Um, can't remember off the top of my head, but it was it's um, these characters from Scary Go Round. He's now actually got from Boom um, a monthly series that's coming out, and you know just watching he's somebody that's like I've watched evolve over the years, and you know I think he's got a lot of cred just like in that part of the the comics world, and I you know I think that's something like every once in a while kind of like toying with that whole web comics idea, but I think. Web comics, I think their time has kind of like they've hit the peak, and you know, you if you've survived, <laughs> then it's great. But I think it was definitely like in the early two thousands where it was like web comics everywhere, and I, f I feel like I should have gotten on that train. <laughs> <back then. laughs> um, I, yeah, and I'm I'm very similar. Uh, I never, even when I was a a kid, making up stories, I never made up. A Spider-Man story or an X-Men story. I always made up my own stories. Um, so, I mean, if someone, you know, handed me a, you know, Marvel said, "Hey, you want to write a Cloak and Dagger series?" Yeah, I would jump <laughs> on that. Uh, but I, I definitely see myself creating my own characters and, and making my own stories. And you know, I like the independent, um, the independent creatives. I think much, much more. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't ever think about what I, what kind of Batman story I would tell mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, so I have a lot. It'd be of a good opinion. one, though. Yeah, um, it would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah it sounds yeah. like y'all are kind of in the camp of just having that creative freedom, right? To be able to tell the stories you want to tell and and do art however you want to do it, right? Without yeah. really any restrictions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I like to get a lot. Um, a lot down on a page even before I let someone read you know kind of the Stephen King model of kind of creating in a vacuum almost where you're your first reader and you just get it all down and let it sit for a while before even let somebody read it and then and then because as soon as someone starts making comments about what you've written they said oh man I really like that character it influences what you're gonna your thought process kind of going forward right. um, so yeah, working with editors and things like that can be for me a little challenging because it's mm -hmm. like I, I want to, I'm a pleaser. So if someone says they like something, I want to do that more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting to me. Just the process, you know, 
um, when you're like when do you like I hear uh, comics writers uh, write scripts like even before there's any sort of artwork any thumbnailing or anything like that do, do you do that David yeah, I do I do what's called full script and okay. so what that is is basically like a storyboard for a movie plus the plus the script mm-hmm. so it would be at, I can't draw, so it's it's all description. So basically, you break it down page and panel. So page one, panel one. This is what you're gonna see. Um, I'll even describe camera angles. You know, this is a close-up shot. This is a long shot. It's at a you know basically like a an overhead flying shot from really far away. And then you write exactly what happens in the scene, and then any dialogue that happens. Um, and I'll do the entire. You do the entire comic before. You know, I don't even know what the comic is a lot of times until I actually start to write it. Because I'll do a really thorough outline. Basically, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. And I'll pre-write all my dialogue um, and then go back and start to script it. So it's basically my second draft is my first draft of my script. Okay. Um, and then, And then once you're done with that, you give it to the artist. And I always, at the beginning of my script, say feel free to change anything because the artist Mm -hmm. definitely can see things differently and usually better than I can and they know what their strengths and weaknesses are and they know you know composition wise what's going to look better on a page you know I may describe something and and in my head it looks right because I'm seeing it more like a movie and they have to see it more like stills Mm -hmm. Um, so always give I always give my artists the opportunity to change everything make suggestions um uh, and and try to be real collaborative when it comes to the actual production of the the art part. But yeah, I'll do a full okay. script. I enjoy the way that you you write your scripts out. They're very very much like a film script. Yeah. So it's easy to see in your head uh, what what's going on because there there is no one way in which a writer yeah. writes a comic. I mean, yeah. you you get um, not quite as granular as some other people. Yeah. Uh, Alan Morrill write, I think every single thing, every piece of clothing that's on someone. You know, his right. Watchmen mm-hmm. scripts were supposedly like four pages long for each page. Right, wow. but there are people that will give you know a very basic description of what happens on the page in the dialogue, yeah. and it's for the artist to figure out how many panels it'll take to convey yeah. that. Um, you know any sort of camera angles or shots yeah. and, I mean, and there's Marvel style which is not many people use anymore but it's basically a, a plot of what happens the artist draws it all and then the writer comes back and writes the dialogue in um, I can't work <laughs> yeah. that's, that's but, bananas but there isn't one right way to do yeah. it or, or any set guidelines for the, these kinds of things yeah. so. mm-hmm. and a lot of I mean a lot of times if it's like a a fight scene or something I'll say make it look cool because sometimes yeah, the artist you do Cause, yeah because artists <laughs> big fight scene yeah okay Art, if you watch what artists like to sketch it's typically somebody punching somebody else or jumping around or blasting something you know mm-hmm. they're they want to write the actiony stuff or draw the actiony stuff so I'm like go ahead and you know make it look cool and then I'll go back in and and script a little bit more after that but yeah I try to give a little freedom <laughs> yeah cool and then Hannah and Christopher, on your end, the illustrator side of things, what about your process? Like, because I've, hear, I've heard the same thing where comics writers, they all kind of have a different approach 
but same thing with on the art, artist side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what are I, you know, especially now with the advent of of, uh, of digital, you know, a lot of artists are are putting their stuff out there in a lot of different ways. So I don't, sure. I'd love to hear some specifics about what you guys do. Well, I don't, um, I mean, I use digital to composite things together and to clean up, but I still actually just draw pencil and pen um, and doing it that way. Um, I guess just starting off a lot of it is just doing like little thumbnails and just kind of sketching out what the characters are going to kind of look like, you know, with like David's script, if he's saying that a character is falling down, I'll kind of do that, like draw that particular character falling down and maybe some different angles and try to figure out what I like, what I think is gonna look good, or what I, some angle that I'm like, this is, I can't draw this at all, so we're just gonna <laughs> avoid that entirely. Um, and kind of, you know, some thumbnails, sketching, figuring out what the background is, how everybody's gonna fit into a panel, because what we have is this, um, it's like four panels to a page, so it's actually a fairly narrow um, space to work in, and there's panels where there's four characters inside this (laughs) narrow narrow panel, so trying to figure out how to, you know, if they're all supposed to be in there, how do I make them fit, Um, you know, and then going on to to doing like the final things, and I work, um, and I've always worked kind of small. So I think my full pages are pretty close to the size of what they are actually printed at. So, and I, my style is not super detailed. It's it's very bold lines and that kind of thing. So, that's how I work it out. Yeah, I've got a lot of similarities. I mean, I think thumbnails definitely is is where where I'll always start, or just real rough sketches, uh, trying to lay out the page. Um, I'll go in and. Uh, I don't work at full 11 by 17 size. I don't know the measurements, but it's something like two thirds of that size. I don't know. That that size to me is too too daunting. I, I'm too detail oriented to fill up that amount yeah. of space. There's white space Chris wants to fill it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I had to learn. He really needs to work on a five by seven. Shrinking down the, the size. Um, and I do really tight pencils, um, and so that makes my inking a lot quicker, but the penciling process takes a long time, and I am such a perfectionist that there are endless, endless edits. So now I've actually taken to um, drawing my, I don't blow up the thumbnails, but uh, I use the thumbnails, I, I grid out the page, I draw it, and then I'll put another page on top. Uh, and use my light box and I'll ink over it and that way everything stays clean because there's just it's kind of a mess underneath and <laughs> I, I sometimes I can't even make sense of it um, and then I'll scan it in go into Photoshop and in the case of uh, recast I've been adding some tones um, and clean up and I will letter the, the the book on my own too if given the opportunity so I'll take it from yeah, zero to to finish. That, that's the thing to remember about comics, and this is why you need like a community, kind of to do comics. Is it's really hard to do it by yourself. You have to have a lot of different skills. So you got to know Photoshop. You got to be able to create a document that you can send to a printer if you're printing it out. You have to be able to write it. You have to be able to draw it. You have to be able to letter it. You got to be able to color it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, very few people do it all by themselves. Um, so if, if mm-hmm. any interest in getting into comics, find friends, 
find yeah, people definitely. that are doing it too because I mean it's <laughs> there's no way I, I I couldn't produce a single comic without Chris's help and Hannah's help and other friends help uh, and and paying people to letter it and um, all the all the different layers that it takes to make a comic book it's crazy and one of the reasons we started Ghost Thunder was to push each other yeah uh, to constantly uh, essentially nag each other to, <laughs> to get work done and to, to stay productive and it, it's worked I mean we've been doing this yeah. now for three years yeah and uh, we've created a number of things yeah. which is fantastic uh, and I think all of our skill sets have have grown yeah and we kind of keep getting more and more ambitious as time goes on too yeah yeah don't don't start with your you know 100 issue epic story that you've been cooking up for the last 20 years because it's too much you have to start you know baby steps mm -hmm. so you know my first story was a you know a relationship you know story that I I wanted to write after I was going through my divorce and it was kind of therapy and then you know we've gotten bigger and bolder with each kind of step so you kind of grow with it as you're doing it more and more uh, but you definitely need help. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm pretty impressed by all of your guys' process for essentially, you know, doing it self-taught. Like, what were what were your steps in terms of just learning how to do this? Is it is it simply just doing it, or are there actually some resources um, you use to, to learn? There's a lot of resources. A lot of comic creators are really awesome people for the most part. You know, and they're very approachable. And a lot of people have resources online. They'll post their scripts online, um, so you can see what a comic script looks like, physically looks like. Mm -hmm. um, artists post their processes a lot, so you can see how they go from, you know, concept sketch to thumbnail to breaking down panels to you know finishing the page. Um, so I, um, I definitely looked on people's uh, websites. Uh, I mentioned him already, Jim Zub. He he's a uh, he did Skull Kickers and he writes uh, Uncanny Avengers and things like that for Marvel right now. He had a he would always post stuff on his Tumblr and stuff and and he has a Patreon page right now where you can download all of his full scripts and look at all of his notes and everything and, and it's really good to see how s someone else works. It's not going to be exactly how you work, but it's good to know what these things are supposed to look like. Um, and I started entering, you know, contests and things like that. And they would send you a, you would look at a template for like what the script should look like. Mm -hmm. um, and that just going through that and, and, and kind of practicing the forms and the language of comics, uh, that helped me a lot. I, I started young and I just started drawing what I saw. And I think that's, um, the way that most comic artists that I've met um, started as well. I mean, I, you know, it was the 90s and it was the heyday of yeah. comics <laughs> and uh, it was Jim Lee and it was Rob Liefeld and those were my go-tos back in the day and I would just look at a Rob Liefeld drawing and I would just draw that Rob Liefeld drawing. I would straight <laughs> up just draw exactly what he drew. Um, and I would fill sketchbooks with that kind of thing, you know, whatever art appealed to me at that time. And over time, you know, you, you say, oh, okay, so this is how 
a shoulder fits, you know, and an arm moves, and oh, this is what a happy face looks like, and and you just kind of start making your own little uh, style, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of create your own style over time. Uh, and I took some art classes, I took uh, some life drawing classes. I think those were incredibly helpful to me. Uh, but yeah, just yeah, most, continuing to do it. Most of the artists I've seen that post stuff say you need to learn the rules before you can break the rules. Oh yeah, right? definitely. So you need to learn how what a car looks like and how you draw a car before you draw your car. Yes. You, know? yeah. you gotta you gotta know how to mold and change the rules so it still looks like the thing you want it to look like uh, but it is in your style. Like if you look at Christopher's prints he does wrestling, a couple of wrestling prints and there's 20 four wrestlers on there a hundred percent in christopher's style every single person knows that's christopher's style but also every single person who's a wrestling fan can come up and identify each wrestler that's Mm -hmm. in that print Mm -hmm. okay and they don't i mean it it's his style but it's also that person um and that's pretty impressive that you can develop your own style that they look totally different than they actually look in real life but every single wrestling fan can identify almost with 100% accuracy, every wrestler that's on yeah. every single print. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> also, all the wrestling fans out there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for keeping up on it. But I, I feel that I worked um, backwards a little bit. I've, I've always been more taken with style. And so I, I really worked to you know, take my influences and create something that really that I'm just happy with. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody says I have a style to me. It's just, it's the way that I draw. So I don't see it. I guess it's my style, but it's just the way that I put things together in my head. And then I kind of later had to learn uh, the fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Not the best way to that's do that. That's what a hand looks like. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of those wrestling prints, that's basically what drew me to your guys's table. So we had met at the alternative press expo in san jose last year and yeah i just saw christopher i saw your wrestling prints on your table and i was like that's pretty fucking cool <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of drew me in and we got to talking but um it seems like you have a bit of a fascination with pro wrestling yeah you a little just, bit you talk about that a bit yeah i mean i've been um on again off again i think that's every single wrestling fan uh there's good times and bad times but uh, I started in the uh, the late 90s. I started with the Attitude Era and what some feel is the best time <laughs> in, in wrestling. Uh, so I kind of came in at the tail end of the Golden Age and so I had an appreciation for Hogan and uh, Savage, uh, but it really did start with the Attitude Era and everyone there in that time was such a character, you know, I mean, Sure, there were stereotypes and certainly racial stereotypes that shouldn't have existed, <laughs> wouldn't exist now. But um, and divas and, and yeah, half naked divas. But it, it it really it appealed to me in the same way that comics mm-hmm. did. Um, it's a soap opera. It's a storyline. Uh, the characters are ever evolving, and they were bigger than life. And so, yeah, I, I love all these characters. I would draw all those characters, uh, you know, back then as well. And uh, I think I lost it in uh, the mid-2000s. 
pretty much the whole ruthless aggression era kind of passed me by and then I came back on about four or five years ago now and I'm still watching it every week I'm watching every pay-per-view we've been <laughs> going to, to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah we've been to two WrestleManias now oh, nice. um you know any live event that comes near us so yeah yeah obsessed and I think Chris touched on it I mean there's a big crossover between comics and wrestling I mean the same you know over the top characters and action and you know just fun storylines that's the stuff that's in comics you know Mm -hmm. that was in comics you know that's like 80s and 90s comics you know that was it was over the top stuff you know and I think wrestling's also evolving just like comics is evolving you Mm -hmm. know the storylines get more nuanced everything gets you know a little bit more modern um, yeah. I don't know if they're getting more nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was out of the reach. <laughs> I was hopeful. And uh, you all are from the Sacramento area, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, something that's always, I'm always been kind of curious about it is, are there, are there particular comic scenes? You know, like, you look at music and different locations throughout the country, there's like, there's a, there's a scene, you know, and every city kind of has their own sort of personality. I don't know if that's really there with comics. I've, I don't know. I'd love to get your opinion. Is there like a Sacramento scene, a Bay Area thing versus East Coast versus LA? You know, um, what, what are your thoughts on on that? Well, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I think there's definitely enclaves of where people are doing it. Like, I mean, they. I don't go to this very often, but they've got like an art night that they do in Sacramento, and I think maybe it's not just Sacramento, but kind of the Central Valley. Yeah. There's a drink and draw too, and like yeah. Sacramento actually has a really big indie comic scene. It mm-hmm. seems like um, Sacramento has like seven comic book shops or more, wow. and and that it's sh- it's not that big of an area that it should support support that, that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I went to a convention in Canada, and they were complaining they don't have a single comic shop within seven hours of their house, and I mean, I have. Oh, wow seven comic shops within a 15-minute drive of my house. So, Dang. and Sacramento, it's not a, I mean, no offense to Sacramento, we're not L.A., we're not San Francisco, we're not Oakland. We shouldn't be able to support that many comic shops. But we do, and a lot of them have been open for a long time. years. Yeah. Um, and, and when we go to conventions, I mean, Sacramento creators are everywhere. Yeah. At everything. Uh, at everything. There's, yeah. there, there's a lot of creators out there. I've, for years tried to um, put together groups and curate anthologies. That's Hannah, when we talked about my art night, that was a goal. We probably had a dozen people, uh, maybe more kind of coming in and out and we created an anthology there. Um, I had another one after that, uh, Gilded Castle, um, with another kind of group of of people and we do an art night uh, every week and so I try and kind of I've always tried to reach out to that crowd and and I mean that, yeah but that's our people yeah but as far as like a genre that like like Seattle is grunge I don't think they're I haven't noticed that any particular mm-hmm. uh, comics are so varied you know mm-hmm. we have you know our stuff there's people doing almost traditional superhero comics there's a lot of zine creators where it's like weird indie stuff and it, kind of everything everywhere. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, cool. Uh, so you talked a little bit about about conventions. Now I know you all do a lot of conventions, right? You you appear at conventions quite often. 
uh, tell us about that. You know, I, I know um, a good number of people who listen to the show are attendees at conventions, but I'd love to get the perspective uh, from, you know, the other side of the table. What's, uh, what's going to conventions like for you guys? Well, we just did, um, well, we did the free comic book day at Empire Comics in Sacramento, but before that was uh, Silicon Valley um, in mm-hmm. San Jose. And I'll say that um, after these couple of years, we're really good at putting up our booth really quickly. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, I think that's definitely something uh, over the years we've really honed is just getting that set up yeah. um, done and being able to present um, all of our things. Since we are kind of varied, we've got different stuff going on and being able to show that and also being able to adapt what we're showing to different size tables because it's like every convention is like you have three feet, you've got six feet, you have eight feet. You know, you never really know what it's going to look like until you get there. Yeah, and and the conventions are all about, I don't want to say validation, but I'm going to go ahead and say validation. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's not, I mean, we're never going to get rich off of the stuff we're doing at conventions. We're hoping to cover our costs for the most part. You know, if you spend five bucks on a comic we thank you very much because that's awesome that lets us get you know dinner that night without losing our shirt <laughs> you know because they can be i mean it's expensive if you go to a convention in san jose you're paying for a hotel room you're paying for a booth you're paying for your gas you're paying for your food uh, and you've already paid to create prints and comic books and pay mm-hmm. artists and stuff so we've already lost a ton of money before we show up so it's not about the money but if we get a fan that comes back like at at Ape or Silicon Valley, and they were there the year before, and they're all, oh man, I bought this print last year, and I love it, and I want to get the next one. Or I bought this comic last year, it was so great. Uh, I had a guy tell me that I wrote his life. I'm like, that's awesome. And he bought the next comic in the, the series. That is, that's the reward for kind of sitting down and pulling something out of your brain and putting it down on a piece of paper. That someone else goes, that was awesome, that thing that you did. Um, and nice. it's it's validation that you don't really get in any other way in your life. <laughs> <laughs> no one else loves you. No one else loves me like my like people who read my comic book. Um, they are a lot. They are a lot of work. A lot of work. Um, you know, and and like David said, I mean, there's a lot of upfront costs to it. We probably did twelve, at least a dozen to fifteen in a year, and we tried wow. to. We tried the shotgun approach and tried every single con that we could get into. Um, and we did that a couple of years and we tried to narrow down our list <laughs> to what, you know, what we do make a, a slight profit on. And yeah. um, unfortunately, we can't, we can't, you know, because there are hotel costs, there are travel costs, and we can't do every con like we would like to yeah. do. Um, and but, a, lot, a lot of times, I, I, it's not so much, too, about if we made money is if we had a good experience yes certainly and you have a good experience if if people are engaged and they want to come up and talk to you about your stuff and they say wow that's cool and at least are somewhat open to it and not walking by your booth as quickly as possible to get to the next deadpool print or a hot dog or a hot dog (laughs) you know you walk around with a six dollar nacho and you don't buy my five dollar comic book I kind of hate you. (laughs) Especially when they come up eating the nacho saying, oh, I would buy this, but I don't have any money. I'm like, I know you had money 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Uh, Because, I mean, you're, this is not our full-time job. So, you know, we're we're using our entire weekend and you're standing 
for eight to ten hours straight and you're not eating and your face hurts because you're, you're smiling, smiling trying everybody. to engage with everybody you <laughs> yeah they're, they're kind of mentally exhausting it's I mean, tiring I think, I think there's there are a lot of pros and it's not just meeting fans and selling merch uh it's about the the random connections uh, that you'll make uh like right now mm-hmm. we're on a podcast that's amazing <laughs> yeah. um you know we've uh met a lot of creators um, yeah, we definitely have a lot of friends now. Yeah. Just yeah. over the years, a lot of people we know from and different like places. Like I was saying before, it's people at the same, doing the same hustle you're doing, at the same level you're doing. And as they come up, they can kind of bring you up. And as you go up, you can kind of bring them up. And that's, you'll see a lot of creators are friends with other creators. Right. And they for, forge these relationships. And, you know, one person will get a book and their friend will do a cover on that book or a pinup on that book. Or they'll need a, a an artist for something, and they'll talk to their friends. You know, we definitely you form friendships and business connections and uh, collaborators that you want to work with. You're like, God, I love your stuff. I'd love to do something with you. And they're yeah. like, Well, I love your stuff. I'd love to do something with you. And, and for us, focusing on the Northern California conventions, it it's it's a family. When yeah. when you get there, you know, you wave at everybody. You know everybody. You've seen them at a dozen other cons, um, and so it's it's just a lot of fun. That's great. And you know, convention goers, keep in mind if you do like nachos, maybe <laughs> yeah. you know wait till like later, like yeah. after you visited some tables and <laughs> make your own at home and bring them with you. Yeah, there you go, bring them with you, and and the money you save. Yeah, you, you can spend, buy yeah, some prints. Go to the some... gas station; they're right. cheap there. You only get a little salmonella. It's fine. There you go. Okay, and I just want to say um, uh, your guys' work is awesome. It's super cool. You guys are talented as hell. And uh, I'd love to let people know uh, how to check your stuff out. Uh, let's give some plugs. Um, well, you can go to our website, uh, www.ghostthunder.com. It's ghost and a, then a thunder and a, then a dot in the com. Uh, we're active on Twitter the most, and we have an Instagram and uh, Facebook pages. It's underscore uh, Ghost Thunder for Twitter and underscore Ghost Thunder for Instagram. And Facebook's just plain old Ghost Thunder. Um, you can get to our store uh, through our Ghost Thunder page. It's a store envy store, Ghost Thunder, and all of our stuff is up there. You can contact us on any of our platforms and say hi or come see us at a convention or buy our stuff on our web store yeah awesome and any upcoming conventions you're going to be at um next is stockton con stockton Um, and then crocker con well we have the indie what is it oh sack Sack indie Indie expo Expo. now that is a convention in a brewery so i'm hearing there will be beer any (laughs) convention where you can get alcohol and get people liquored up is good uh (laughs) And so yeah, that's Sac Indie Expo. I think they have a Facebook. Yeah, I think there's a Facebook page. It's mid July. Yeah, it's mid July, um, and so that is a brand new one, first year. So that mm. that's always fun, and we'll see what it it turns out to be. But I'm really excited to go to a brewery and have a convention there. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and yeah. it almost sounds like if there's a Northern California comic convention chances are you will be yeah, there there's yeah. a decent chance <laughs> so yeah look at these guys we're definitely trying to branch out next year too we're looking at uh, Portland and uh, heading down Seattle headed down to LA oh, wow yeah. just you know it's been a few years we've we've done this scene and we want to start 
creeping out a little bit. Yeah. We'll and probably we get do one one yeah. big one. <laughs> one big one. We'll see and how getting, it goes. We're getting more <laughs> product too, so the potential to cover costs is better, you yeah. know? So once you have a little bit more stuff. Uh, you know, if you go back to our Instagram and look at our very first, no, our little table, very, very first, yeah, I scroll down to all the way to the end of the timeline, and you'll see our very first convention. We have one book, one print, and some t-shirts, and some t-shirts, yeah, I and think maybe so. some buttons, or yeah, no, I think there's some pins, yeah, some pins, there's some pins. So it's definitely you see our our booth set up now compared to then, and it's uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, if you're at a con, look for. The, uh, the Ghost Thunder banner. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the comics, I have some comics on Comixology. You can look for oh, okay. my name. Uh, I have a, a novella on Amazon on the Kindle store. So you can search my name there. Where else I have my crap? <laughs> <laughs> also, real quick, just curious, uh, the, the name, Ghost Thunder. Where did that, where did <laughs> We're going to have from? to come up with a better story oh, yeah. for that. Because yeah. everyone asked that. And it's Our story... Chris's brain. Yeah, yeah. your brain and I guess throwing things out yeah. and saying that sounds good. That sounds. Good. It does sound cool. It, it was just something that, yeah, it was just something that sounded cool. I I yeah. really think we had a list of words. Yeah, and we just kind of started mashing them together until one combination <laughs> sounded good. Pearl Jam. Yeah, Pearl Jam. <laughs> it's not taken. Uh, yeah, and then and then there was Ghost Thunder. Everyone just kind of unanimously agreed on it. Yeah, and I'm not sure. And Chris came up with a cool logo, kind of copying the ghost from uh, Mario. Mario games and stuff. So that kind of became became the little mascot for a little while. So there was definitely some video game influences there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to thank you all for stopping by. Yeah, thank and, you for having uh, us. Yeah. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from David, Hannah, Christopher, and Henry.